All right. And let's go ahead and uh, get started in the, in the word. Father God, we thank you for this word that you're about to uh, uh, share with us this morning, Lord, through me. And uh, Father, I just pray that we would incline our ears, um, that each of us will hear what you have to say to us through this word. Um, Father God, this word is not for someone else. This word is for me. I want all of y'all to say that uh, with me. This word is not for someone else. This word is for me. Praise God. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to each of us individually what you know we need to hear and that we will incline our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord and we will humble ourselves and obey. Father God, and uh, for your glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Uh, this is a little bit different uh, approach. Uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and I, I kind of went back and forth on this, but I, I chose for a title, The Fruit of the Spirit Exemplified. Fruit of the Spirit Exemplified. And I... I, I I don't know how long, but I, I think I believe the Lord is leading me right now to uh, pick certain biblical characters um, that exemplify certain biblical fruit so we can see it in action. Right. And so uh, and I feel like um, uh, Paul does that for us. But I'll just start off with the uh, first verse here, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, a very familiar passage to a lot of us. But it says the fruit of the Spirit. It kind of it tells us what it is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You don't need a law for these things. All right? These are, you know, these are the fruit of the Spirit of God. And you know what? A lot of these things are in short supply today. You know, uh, sadly, they're in short supply oftentimes from us, right? And that's, that, that should not ought to be, right? All right, so, so these are the fruit of the Spirit. And I believe Apostle Paul exemplified all of these fruit of the Spirit in his letter to the Philippians. And I want you to go to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to start, we're going to start there in the third verse. We're going to do much of chapter 1. Uh, obviously, I won't go in depth verse by verse. We could be here for hours. But... We're going to go through much of chapter 1, and then we're going to go through a portion of chapter 4, and uh, then we'll wrap up just to kind of give you a brief preview of where I'm headed. And I want you to keep in mind, and I'll allude to this as we go forward, keep in mind that Paul wrote this letter to the Philippian church while he was imprisoned. Okay, he's in prison. Okay, and, and, and I want us to pay attention to his focus and his mindset while he is in prison himself. 
because it's, it's, it's instructive and it's an example for us. And he starts off in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this. Some say I'm confident, but I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You see where his focus is. His focus is not on his circumstance and his imprisonment and wanting to get out of it. His focus is a kingdom focus where he is concerned about the people of God. He's concerned about and he's showing, he's, he, he remembers them with joy. He prays to God for them with joy because they partnered with him in the gospel. They've supported him from the beginning. That tells me when Paul was at the beginning and he was first called to the Lord and he was going out to be a, 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 an apostle to the Gentiles, there were many who didn't support him. And the Philippians, what he appreciates about them is this. They didn't wait to see if uh, how the tea leaves fell. They didn't wait to see if he was a winner or someone they could put their support behind. They heard what he spoke. They heard the gospel truth. It resonated with them. They received it, and they didn't have a whole lot of possessions. But what they did have, they committed to helping the gospel go forward. And in so doing, there was a kindred spirit. There was a relationship, a bond that developed with he, between them and Paul. And, 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 and Paul had great affection toward them. And so here he is imprisoned. And he's thinking about them. And he's encouraging them. He's writing this letter. They didn't have Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. These are, this message couldn't get there instantly. You know, he's writing a lot. It'd be a while before they got it. But he's in his own thoughts in his prison cell and his thoughts could go a million different ways but but his thoughts were focused on what pertained to the kingdom and you, how many of you know that, that that's a fruit all right doing that in the midst of those circumstances but but i'm going to go on here and he tells them how much joy he has in praying for them and how much he appreciates their partnership in the gospel from day one. And he says, I'm sure of this. God began a good work in you guys. And I'm sure of this, that the good work he began, he's going to bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that we will never stop needing to grow? That the work that God has begun in us won't be completed until the day of the Lord when we are like him, right? So we're never so mature that we don't need to keep growing. This is a continual growth until that day, right? And so he's confident that on that day it will be complete. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace. The grace of the Lord. And listen what he says here. You are all partakers of me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So God's grace is in the 
defense and confirmation of the gospel. But you know what? I'm in prison and God's grace is here with me also. And you all are partakers with me of this grace. There was a time when y'all couldn't. You, you had a heart to bless me, but you couldn't. You weren't able. The opportunity wasn't there. But as soon as the opportunity presented itself, you guys were there for me again. You guys are partners with me in this grace. Uh, what God is doing through you is a blessing and a help to me in what I'm going through. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that you may, that your love may abound more and more. So he's thinking about them bearing fruit. Because love is one of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, they were, they were very good at loving. They've loved him since day one. They have, they, they, their love had action to it. And yet, as good as their love was, he still spoke to them the need to abound more and more in it. You may be good at loving the body. You may be good at loving others. You know what? That, don't ever stop desiring to grow in that. Right? Because our ability to love is still but a fraction of the love of God. And there's always room to grow. And, and, and we need to hum, stay humble in that aspect. Even our strengths can grow. Right? And so that, this is something that they've done well. And yet his prayers that their love may abound more and more, not with ignorance, but with knowledge and discernment. so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. You know, we can't make fruit happen. The fruit that we bear comes through being connected to the vine. Okay? And he says to the glory and praise of Jesus. So, so just in those verses there, uh, I wrote in my notes, Paul displayed love, Joy, kindness, and faithfulness toward the Philippians in those verses. May have been a few more, but that's just what I had, right? But, but he also, Paul displays faithfulness, self-control, peace, joy, and one that isn't even listed in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, thanksgiving toward God. Now, keep in mind, like I said earlier, Paul wrote this letter while in prison with uncertainty as to when or if he would make it out alive. There was no, there was no definite sentence here that he knew he'd be out in a month or so. You know, uh, that was a lengthy prison sentence. So he's, he, he's got uncertainty all around him concerning his own situation, uh, if you look at it in the natural. So, so Paul was imprisoned and uncertainty abounded. This was a situation completely beyond his control. By all appearances, Paul had been cast aside and abandoned by God. I wouldn't say by all appearances, but I would say by natural appearances. He had been cast aside and abandoned by God. This is a perfect opportunity for Paul to bear the fruit of the flesh. And maybe he would have if he didn't know God. 
if, 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 there, if he didn't have the relationship with God that he had, if he didn't have the history with God that he had. How many of you know, uh, know the scripture where Paul and Silas were unfairly and wrongly imprisoned? All right? And, and they, were, they were beaten and imprisoned, right? And so, and so here they are in prison. And I look at this story, and you want to get a a, a visual kind of interpretation of what it is to wait on the Lord. You know, I believe it's simplified it in that time because they don't, they got to be wondering, wait a minute, we're just going about doing God's will. We're doing the right thing here. We're advancing the gospel and for doing that, we've gotten railroaded into prison. They had an opportunity to stew. They had an opportunity to be angry at God. They had an opportunity to have self-pity. But what did they do, at, you know, uh, 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 around midnight or so? They began to worship God. They began to praise the Lord, Right? And so in the middle of that imprisonment, they, God hadn't set them free. They're in the mess. And they begin to praise. They begin to worship the Lord. And then God shook the foundations of that prison and opened up all the cell doors. All right. Now, the jailer decided to take his own life because surely all these doors opened up. These people ran. They're gone. Uh, and what, what my superiors would do to me? I'd rather go ahead and take my own life than, the, than the, what they would do to me and my family. It'd be better for me and my family if I just go ahead and take my own life. And Paul, he could have said, oh, thank you, Jesus. This, this is God's deliverance for me. Right? Remember, we want, you know, he prayed for them that they would have abound more and more in love with knowledge and all discernment. So, see, if he didn't have the discernment, when God opened up those prison doors, he might have saw that as an opportunity to flee. But he had knowledge and discernment. He knew that God was doing something here, that God put him there for a reason, and he was open to God speaking to him what he would require of him to do in order for the furtherance of the gospel to happen in quarters that he would not, might not otherwise be able to be advanced in. Right? And so here he is in prison. The prison doors shake open, and they, he, he, the, the jailer's about to take his own life. And Paul said, "No, no, no, don't do that. We're all here. Everybody's here and accounted for." That led to the jailer and his entire house, all right, receiving the salvation of the Lord. The ones who represented the authority that imprisoned them. Okay, so God put them in that position in their mindset that they stayed with the kingdom perspective, they were able to bear fruit in a situation that did not look like it was conducive for bearing fruit. How many of you know we can bear fruit to God in all situations? Okay, that's part of the history with Paul that he's bringing into this situation. He knows that just because I'm in prison here does not mean that God's arm is short here. Does not mean that God is not at work here. All right? So, uh, so while it looks like in the natural God has abandoned him, God, uh, uh, Paul has history with God to know that that is not necessarily the case. 
It was during experiences like that. Some called the jailhouse rock and all that stuff, but it was during experiences like that where Paul learned to filter out what he couldn't control and to focus his attention on the opportunities to bear fruit unto the glory of God in the situation he found himself in. We spend a lot of time paying attention to things we can't control. And as a result, we're overwhelmed by those things. We, we feel like we don't have any solutions or answers and, and we don't see any way things can change. But that's because our attention is on those things that don't have the power to evoke that change. And that's another reason why we should not dread or or seek to avoid those kinds of situations that Paul and Silas found themselves in, those uncomfortable, hard situations, right? Because if not for the situation where the jailhouse shook, the foundations opened, the doors opened and all that, and God saved those who represented the secular authority that imprisoned them wrongly, you know, I would imagine Paul's perspective got enlarged and opened in that. He learned something in that situation that you can only learn in that type of situation. Are y'all hearing me? Right? There are things that I've learned in my walk with the Lord that I could have only learned in the hard road that God led me through to learn it. And I'm sure there are testimonies in here from many of y'all that would say the same. And so he learned something in that earlier situation that he could take into this current one that he's writing about. That's how he was able to see the spiritual reality beyond the natural circumstances that he couldn't control. That's how he was able to see the spiritual reality beyond the natural circumstances that he could not control. And so that goes on into the next verse. And so, and that's when he goes ahead and tells them in verse 12, I want you to know, brothers. That's why he could say what he says right now. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment that I'm in right now, has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard <laughs> and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Look how amazing that is, you know? So, so, so here he is. Guys, this whole thing has happened to serve to advance the gospel. You know, we... He cannot see something like that if he's self-focused, right? He cannot see something like that if he's focused on how unfair life is and how unfair the circumstances are and all these things. If he's not focused on uh, the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, if he's not focused on the Lord and what God's will is for him, he cannot see what he's sharing with the Philippians here okay and so and so and so here it is and most of the brothers and he goes on and most of the brothers 
having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. See, there's fruit that he is noticing that's being born as a result of his imprisonment. Not just by the fact that he is imprisoned, but how he's conducting himself in his imprisonment. Okay? And so it's, it's, it's giving witness to people and they're acknowledging it. Now he's, again, he's in an environment of people who don't know the Lord. They represent the authority that's imprisoned him, that's trying to shut him down and prevent the furthering of the gospel. Right? And yet... He is so focused on God's business here. Uh, and to me, that is a fruit. Being able to focus on, you know, doing what will advance the kingdom instead of what is going on and what is happening to me. Okay? And so, and so as a result of how he's conducting himself, this kingdom focus that he has in it and his desire to bear fruit in that situation, most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are more bold to speak the word without fear. So other brothers somehow have gained confidence and they're boldly speaking the word without fear. And, and for him to see that and for him to rejoice in the Lord in that despite his own predicament, it's pretty awesome. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from good from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Okay, now he could focus on it. Most of these guys are doing it out of love. Some of these guys are doing it out of selfish ambition and hoping to add afflictions to me. You know, it's so easy for us to focus on the the negative stuff that comes at us, you know, we can get 10 positive statements about us and be wrecked by one. We could have 10 amazing qualities about ourselves, but, but, but we have self-confidence and self-loathing over the one negative quality about ourselves. Right? So Paul is acknowledging there's good and bad. There's right motives and bad motives. You know, but you know what? I'm going to filter out the bad stuff. It don't really matter to me. You know, because even if they're doing it with bad intentions, he says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. All right? Yes, and I will rejoice that is a commitment that is a decision that is a determination i will rejoice i'm going to look for the reason there is to rejoice in this you know i'm not going to take this so personally that i am unable to see the good that is happening for the glory of god because i'm so focused on the bad that is happening to me right i'm not going to be so focused on the on the alleged negative motives or, 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 or of other people that I'm going to be blind to what is happening to the glory of God. You can't control. Bottom line, you can't control what other people do. I'm a parent. I'm here to tell you, those of you who haven't had kids yet, 
don't think you're going to be able to control everything they do. They're so precious. They have the coos and the smiles. And when you first hold them and you're like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And, and, and then you learn those little things can lie. <laughs> they can rebel. They get their own personalities and attitudes about and perspectives about how things ought to be. And next thing you know, you're having to defend yourself. Or so I've heard. But but isn't it interesting how we 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 can let the the, the smallest things or or the few uh, haters or trolls or whatever you want to call them the few the impact that we allow them to have on us. And someone can tell someone can say to me that uh, uh, that, that I'm hideous, that I'm ugly, that I. And whatever it is, and all of a sudden that gets internalized and and it just wrecks me, right? As I'm trying, now I need some kind of positive words to offset that, right? As though God hasn't already told me I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, right? That I am loved, that I'm treasured, right? And so, so we have to be careful not to allow, not to focus our attention on the, on the hate or on the negative stuff. Let's focus our attention on, on what we know to be true in the Lord. Amen. And so we can. So if we do that, we put ourselves in a position to have that proper kingdom perspective that's displayed here by Paul. He's not ignorant to the motives, good or bad. He's aware of them both, but he chooses to focus on the fruit that Christ is glorified. Right. He's preached and he's glorified. So what does it matter? What a few haters are saying. Are you hearing me? And so he just has a kingdom focus throughout this thing. And so what is the fruit here? I believe Paul loved those who represented the authority that imprisoned him. So much so that he did not view them as the enemy. He actually lovingly shared the gospel with them. Right? And now, that takes some real love. And to me, that's the love of Christ right there. The same God, the same Lord Jesus Christ that said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, we're following Christ when we're able to do that. When we're able to love those we perceive as our enemies. Sometimes people are doing a job. And the system may be unjust, may be set up unfair to you. It doesn't make some, the people who are working in that system your enemies. And even and, and, and even on top of that, even if it does, it doesn't change what God has said that we ought to do and behave, our, uh, how we should behave toward our enemies. He still said, love your enemies. Your enemies need to be saved too. Right? And so, and so here he is bearing that fruit. The love of God to his perceived enemies, the, the representatives of the jailing authority there. So he loved those who represented the authority that imprisoned him. They recognized that his imprisonment, as a result, they ultimately began to recognize that his imprisonment served the purpose of God. And Paul led, I'm sure Paul led some of them to Christ. 
And so he's bearing fruit for God in this hard circumstance. And what he's saying, you know, I look at this and I want to encourage you with that. Okay. Uh, I've been guilty in my lifetime of wanting to change unfavorable circumstances. And I would quote certain scriptures, and I believe God for this, for what really was my desire. Because I did not seek what God's desire was for me in that situation. I just wanted out of it. Right? Okay? And so in my mind, I needed to be in a better situation where God could use me. All right? But God can use me in any situation. Right? He can use us in any situation. Okay? Whether you're in the palace or you're in prison, he can use you for his glory. I said he can use you for his glory. So our attitude, the fruit that we should bear in that situation is like, you know, God, I, 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 I don't, regardless of this situation, Father, I am not bound by it. I am not trying to get out of it necessarily, Father, but my desire is to seek you so that I may bear fruit unto you in this situation, however long it lasts. I know this too shall pass, but until it passes, all right, Lord, I want to bear fruit for you and unto you in this situation. And so, Lord, I make myself available to you. Speak to me, God. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Give me the words like that song said that will bring new life. Somebody here might not know you. Lord, here I am, coach. Put me in. I'm here. I might as well bear fruit for the kingdom while I'm here. And I can trust that the Lord will provide a way of escape in his time. I'm not going to spend all my time asking him to show it to me. When my focus ought to be, how must, how, how can I bear fruit to you, God, in this situation? Verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. There's a confidence that he knows in God. This will turn out for my deliverance one way or another. I'm not concerned about that. <laughs> I just want to bear fruit for Jesus. All right? I know that. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. I'm not certain if I'm going to walk out of here alive or be carried out of here dead, but in one way or the other, either way, I want Christ to be honored in me and through me in this situation. Be honored either by my life or by my death. I want to be like those Hebrew boys. God can save me from that furnace, but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing the knee, right? And so I'm not going to allow this prison to break me because God is God even in prison. Right? And so I'm going to be, he is not limited by my being in prison from using me. We ought to learn that from Joseph in the Old Testament. He became the second most powerful man in the land. And so for me, and here's, I love this, and, and here is his thinking on this. For me, 
to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. All right? If I'm going to live in this flesh, that means fruitful labor. I'm going to bear fruit for God no matter the circumstances. All right? For me to live, my life is centered around Christ. It's all about what will please him and bring glory to him. And if I die in the process of doing that, then I've gained the promise. That's gain for me because I get to be with him forever according to promise. So I'm not, I win either way, right? And so, and so uh, 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 if I am to live in the flesh, if I'm, if I'm going to be alive in this earth, in this time, in this body, I'm, that means fruitful labor for me. I'm going to bear fruit for God. I'm determined to. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. And to me, that speaks to the uncertainty again. I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what tomorrow brings. All right. But I know where my commitment lies. Uh, I, I know who my God is and, and how faithful he is. And, and I know where my trust will remain. Are you hearing that? And so, and to me, that's instructive for us, right? If we want to know what's expected or what's required of us, the attitude, the mindset, uh, that we need to to have in order to uh, in order to bear fruit all right if how do we go through the process of remaining or abiding in the vine well paul is is expressing this he's displaying this right here how he's clinging to the vine in prison the declarations that he's making in prison uh, switch over to chapter 4, and uh, we'll begin our descent. <laughs> Starting at the 10th verse. And he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. I alluded to that earlier. Not that I am speaking of being in need. This is, I, I want you to underline, highlight this right here. Because I, I, I'm not, right now, I'm not focused on my needs here. All right? I got everything I need in the Lord, right? And you guys, I appreciate, but, but he also wants them to know how appreciate, how appreciated their hearts are in the giving that they are uh, giving towards him while he's in that situation. Their prayers and their support, they do mean something to him. But he recognizes God as his source. Okay? And he says here, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be, in whatever situation I am, to be content. You know, I want to challenge us, you know, to really grow in that, in the ability to be content in the Lord in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Because a lot of times our problem is a lack of contentment, all right? We're seeking contentment instead of choosing to be content where we're at in the Lord, where the Lord has us. We're seeking contentment in various things.
when we ought to be content in whatever we are in God. So I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Then he goes on to say, I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger. Or plenty and lack. Abundance and need. Some of us do well in one, not so well in the other. You know, I'm a fan of abundance. I'm a fan of abounding, you know. <laughs> you, know that, that, that <laughs> you know, that's that, that that's that's kind of a sweet spot I was, you know. I I I kind of like that. You know, uh not a fan of hunger, starving, uh being in need. Uh you know, uh and many people aren't. And yet we're called to learn to get to that place. It, it, at some point, it's one thing as a babe in Christ, you know, a, a, a certain level of immaturity, we're going to lack contentment in the Lord. But a, but a, uh, a trait of maturity is our ability to find a, a way to be content where God has us. All right, in whatever circumstance. And we can be content because even in the middle of my lack, our Father, our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Okay, even in the midst of our lack, he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Right? Okay, even in the midst of our being crushed and pressed on every side, we have him there with us to give us the ability to stand up and bear up under that. And he will eventually provide a way of escape, right? So we, we have all that we need in him, in Christ. And if we will trust him in the lack, in the hunger, when we're not abounding, okay, we'll discover a depth and relationship. We'll discover aspects of him that we can only discover in those moments when we have reached the end of ourselves and, 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 and we are in desperation and we have no solutions, no answers. We don't know which, which way is up. And yet we can lean into the vine and, 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 and the Lord begins to, to, uh, to, to mature us in that situation. You know what? Oftentimes, uh, those situations don't necessarily, they may not necessarily change, but the maturing is the changing of our perspective as we go through the situation. As we might have gone into that situation, kind of carnally minded and, 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 and self-centered and so forth, as we began to see God in that situation and we began to trust him and, and we eventually see God move in a way that just strengthens our faith and helps us know that we know that we know that God is for us. He will not leave us confounded. He will not abandon us. He is the end all be all. And he is all that we need in order to get us through that situation. You know, and, and that's the benefit. It, that, that is a fruit that can be born out of that situation where the situation didn't change 
uh, as soon as you wanted it to, but you changed having gone through the situation. And, and, he, and he made us more like Christ in the process. And so as, as we experience those things in the Lord and we experience for ourselves that God hears us, that God is faithful, that, that there is kingdom purpose in a lot of the things that we go through that, that are uh, painful or hurtful or whatever, you know, that, 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 we rec- that, that we come to know and come to learn how God, will, how God was a very present help in our time of need, that he, how he works for us, and, and that how he uses these situations for our own good. It doesn't mean our pocketbooks are going to get bigger, but if we go through this situation and we learn to put our trust in him in a way that we weren't doing before, then there's fruit that's born out of that. Kingdom fruit, that's for our benefit. He's worked it out for our good. Are you hearing that? And so, uh, and let me go. He says, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, we, you know, we'll see that hung up in different places and we apply it. But in context here, it's about that um, uh, going from lack to abundance, plenty to need, okay, plenty to hunger. And he's like, you know what? I found the ability to be content in the Lord because I know what God can do. All right, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He's talking about I can I have the ability to be content in those things. I can do all things. I can handle what I'm going through. All right? Because he strengthens me. He gives me the grace, the ability to endure it and uh to get through it. And if I get through it, there will have be, it wouldn't just be a scar, okay? There would be uh, mat- evidence of maturing in the Lord that is brought by that, that is brought uh, forth, having gone through that. Uh, wasn't eloquently said, but I hope the the point came through. And I got three, four more verses I want to read. Just go on to verse fourteen, and then I will draw it to a close. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. I, I mentioned this at the very beginning. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And there he is as the apostle, as a pastor, as an overseer. He's like, you know what? I thank God for your support, for your love of me, for your commitment to the ministry that God has called me to. I I thank God for that, and I commend you for that. Okay, you've been there from the beginning. When no one else supported me, you were there. No church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, only you. 
even in Thessalonica. But I don't seek the gifts from you, the gift from you, as much as I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. You know, your commitment to obey God in this, to, to, to support the ministry to, that, that God has called me to. You know, you guys aren't rolling in the dough. A lot of you are giving out of your lack, all right? And so, but you're committed because it's the work of God. And so, and so when you're committed to anything in God that way, all right, there is fruit that's going to be borne out in your life. Right? As you walk in it, you're committed to walk in these principles. There is fruit that will eventually begin to be borne out in your life. And I, that's what I'm seeking. Uh, what I desire to see is the fruit that increases to your credit. That you continue to grow and abound in love, in joy, in peace. I, 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 I appreciate how much y'all love me, all right? Uh, 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 in faithfulness. You know, you've been faithful to me in this thing. You have loved me well, okay? Those are fruits. And you're going to continue to abound in that, and there's going to be an increase in fruit that is born in your life. You know, he's not talking prosperity gospel or anything like that. He's, he's talking about the real fruit of the Spirit that 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 is at uh that God is working in them. Okay? They didn't just give lip service to supporting the work. They committed to supporting the work. And I know that's example as far as them giving, but whether it's whether it's giving, whether it's loving people, forgiving people, uh all these things where Whatever the fruit of the Spirit, whatever the godly character that needs to be developed and formed in you, if you commit to obeying God in that thing, the fruit can't help but to come. Right? And what they, what I wanted to point out in that is he acknowledged the commitment that they, uh, that they had and the fruit that was born, being born out of that. And his desire to see their commitment grow across the board in, in every aspect of their lives so that more fruit can abound to their credit. Are you hearing that? And so, uh, as, a, as a subtitle, you know, is more of a challenge. I say the subtitle is focus on bearing fruit in every situation. That is my admonishment to you. That's my challenge to us. Let's, you know, maybe, uh, well, 2020 gave us a lot of reasons <laughs> to uh, uh, focus our attention elsewhere, um, tempted us to focus our attention somewhere other than the Lord. And as we are in the early parts of 2021, let us commit to putting our focus and our perspective where it really belongs. Let us hear the challenge to us, uh, the takeaway for us out of Paul's own words when he says, in all situations, you know, I, I, I've learned to be brought low, all right? 
and, and to be raised up. I've learned lack and plenty. I've learned to be content in, in these situations as life vacillates through the hills and valleys and, and, and puts me from challenge to challenge to challenge. I've learned to be content in those things. And because I've learned to be content in those things, I've learned to wait on God and, and, to, and to incline my ear to him and invite him to speak to me concerning the situation I now find myself in. Because okay. God, I, I don't li- I'm going to be real, I don't like this situation that I'm in. But I am committed to bearing fruit for you in this situation. Lord, speak to my heart. Uh, Father God, I, I'm going to be less focused on the speedy end of this trial and more focused to more focused on what would you have me do that would bear fruit unto you in this trial hallelujah i'm going to ask you to stand father god i just pray for your people here today lord uh uh, those here in uh, those here in person, those listening via Facebook Live, we're all one family here at New Covenant Fellowship, Lord. Uh, uh, Father God, I pray that this message has really resonated in their hearts. And and, and and Father God, from 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 my pastoral position, I am just declaring that 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 spiritual maturity on this body, Father God, that 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 the spiritual maturity displayed by Paul. That allowed him to bear the fruit that he bore while in prison, Father God. I just declare that on this body, Father. That, Father, I just, I, I, I pray your contentment over this body, Father God. The ability to be content in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Now, our, I pray over this body the ability to look to you. Father God, for your instructions and for your will in the midst of the situations that we're in. Father God, no matter what the circumstances say, no matter what the circumstances are, we will not lose sight of the spiritual reality that lies beyond the natural circumstances. We know you've done a good work. You've begun a good work in this, Father God. And we know, like Paul, beyond a shadow of doubt, resolve in our hearts that we know that you are faithful and able to complete that good work. That we will ever be growing until that day that you return and the work is complete in us. Ever-growing is not failure. Ever-growing is what we're expected to do. So, Father, I thank you that it is your will for us to be spiritually mature, that you've called us to become spiritually mature. Father, give us those, uh, those of us who are in leadership, Father God, as we are still growing ourselves. Father, give us wisdom as to how to help those who you've entrusted us with in their walk, to grow and mature in you, Father God. And all, for it to be all done for your glory. Father, I just thank you that you hear this prayer. I thank you, Father God, that that uh, uh, because you've heard this prayer, we've already received the, 
We've already received the answer to it, Father. And we can walk forward by faith, knowing that not only are we called to maturity, that we will grow in maturity, grow in spiritual maturity. And we will be what Paul prayed for the Philippians to be. We will abound in bearing fruit for you, Father. And Father, we thank you again. Be glorified and exalted in us and through us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Lord, bless you all and keep you. Uh, praise the Lord for warm weather that's expected uh, this coming week. And uh, just remember those uh, uh, things are uh, clearing up here in Stillwater. Uh, we didn't get the worst of it, as uh, as bad as it may have been. We didn't get the worst of it. There are those in other parts of the country, uh, the state that I'm from, Texas. There's still people who are bearing the brunt of this. And just remember them in your prayers and uh, uh, just and, and, and lift them up. Um, and uh, I know many of you guys may not know the Biddles. Um, but, uh, you know, remember uh, Bev Biddle, since uh, it's not in the bulletin this week, uh, Bev Biddle, who uh, lost her father this week, uh, earlier in the week, um, just want to uh, remember her and support her, and we want to be there for um, our, our, our church family members who are still getting hit by life. You know, there are things that are common that we're all going through, and uh, there are seasons in life that others are going through that they need as much as possible, their church, their church family to be there for them in their hour of need. So just encourage you that way. Love you guys. Have a great week.